Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. It is playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. So head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome to believe in everything Auburn. Allow me to reintroduce myself because it truly has been a minute. I am Taylor Davis. He needs no introduction. Jason Campbell, we welcome you back to the podcast, guys. It has been a crazy few weeks for both of us. We are back and going to catch you up on everything that's been going on around Auburn athletics. So hope everyone has been having a happy, healthy start to 2024. We're Almost through January, praise be. I hate January. Every single year, I'm like, this sucks. This month is the worst. Uh, But there is certainly a lot to talk about around Auburn. Feels like every day that we have not done a podcast episode, there's been plenty for us to discuss. So with that, I welcome in my co-host and friend, Jason Campbell, who is um, on Baby Watch any day now, J.K.M., you're about to become a dad. Has it really hit you yet? It's starting to sink in. I would yeah. say, uh, I was thinking the other day how the Christmas we just had was the last Christmas, the last you know, before it's a family of three. Uh-huh. And then you start to think like, so you start reading all these child books and parenting books by, uh, you know, by people and everything, like what it's like becoming a dad. So I read that portion, but then also how do you support your wife and, yeah. and during the pregnancy and and you know post-pregnancy and all those different things so you start to educate yourself a lot more and my respect to women just goes up and up and <laughs> up you know it did yeah i think for a lot of men too that are present you know it's a huge yeah. deal um you know it takes a lot out on the men as well and that's the most important part i think that the woman needs is for the person that she's with to be present yeah and uh understand that it's not so much what you can go buy it's not so much what you can you know do but sometimes it's just being there and i think that's yeah learned through you know through this whole pregnancy process and then like you just said these last couple weeks has been wild because you know of course i work with the nil and helping that and yeah since the season's been over has been a lot of different you know things happening and then just trying to you know get these kids to just sign and in auburn you know under nil contract stuff working along beside them and their and their parents agents or whomever uh along with our nil you know it's a lot yeah. you know it is a lot so this is a busy busy season uh all the way around but they always say busy is good because if you're doing something <laughs> busy's better than bored that's what i always right. say exactly. like you said it has certainly been a busy active at times, maybe even tumultuous few weeks around Auburn as news breaks and with news breaking is obviously going to come people's opinions and deliberations and um, considerations about what it means after. And there has been a lot of change, some of which expected, some of which not. Let's start with the the big news as of late. And that has been all of the changes made to the coaching staff, I think, 
uh, both coordinators uh, no longer being with the team. Philip Montgomery may be more expected than Ron Roberts, but both coordinators are out. Uh, and after that news came the more shocking news that is the departure of Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge. Zach Etheridge, who now heads to Houston. But uh, Lack, who, you know, a year ago was in talks to be the next head coach and was retained as associate head coach and obviously running backs coach and has been a pillar of the Auburn family for so long and had a really, really important role in wake of all of the um, adversity and dissension that the program went through in the past few years. So the fan base was in a bit of an uproar when the news broke, but regardless, uh, decisions have been made with the staff. And uh, while I do think change was necessary, there are a couple that that make you raise your eyebrow a little bit. Just kind of give me your take on on the state of this staff right now. Yeah, it's always hard when when you're an Auburn legend or you played at Auburn and you're coaching at Auburn and then, you know, and then change happens, yeah. um, especially, you know, because it's in your heart and, and you love everything about the school, you love everything about the program, and you essentially grew into a man in the program. You know, you come into college, you're 18 years old. You know, most of us are, are 17. And so you kind of grow as a man during those next four to five years. Yeah. Um, you know, for some nowadays, it's seven years. <laughs> you know, just all yeah. you know, so we're nine if you're that kid right, from Miami. Miami. <laughs> so during those years, it's very critical in your in your growth and, and everything. And I think a lot of how we was prepared at Auburn helped helped us succeed at the National Football League. Uh, Definitely. You know, uh, guys that came in my class and then guys that was drafted in that same class. And I think from a standpoint of in this situation, it's never easy as a fan or easy as an alumni or a fellow teammate or someone when you see someone that, you know, that is not at your program anymore. It's been like a statue uh, pretty much for the last, you know, what, year and a half after – well, I would say a year and a half been a statue ever since he played at Auburn, but he's been a, a different statue of a coach. I would say since the end of that 2022 season, uh, because all the things that was happening around the program and then him stepping up and being the interim and then kind of using all that juice and flow to get everybody to uh, get back to being the Auburn family, right? You know, get away from all the disarray and all the challenging things that has transpired and get everyone to kind of believe, like, you know, we can get ourselves back to being Auburn. And uh, right. he was very, very pivotal uh, in that stance, uh, along with some of the other guys that, uh, you know, Kendall Simmons, uh, you know, like I said, and, and Zach, who all played at Auburn, but, you know, also some of the other coaches that was there last or two years ago before they was uh, released as well. But that's always tough. But I also know in this business, Taylor, playing in the National Football League and being in, in coaching, you know, change is inevitable. Yeah. And sometimes it comes by force. Sometimes it comes by, uh, you know, just a change of scenery. Sometimes it comes by in order to grow and uh, and get to where you want to be at in your career. Sometimes you have to you have to change up 
And then sometimes, you know, you're fired and just sometimes in the NFL, you, you know, you're traded. So, yeah. you know, it's just so many different ways that uh, things come up and things happen <laughs> and, uh, and everything. And I always say, you know, these things transpire, um, you know, these these guys, they have families that have to make these big decisions around and uh, they have young children that they have to make decisions around, you know, right. and trying to do best for for your family. But also, you know, so sometimes that kind of get lost because we want everybody to kind of do what's best for, you know, for the university, you know, and everything. And, uh, and from that standpoint, so, but definitely two guys that would be missed uh, at this program uh, just because they put their helmet on, they put their Jersey on, they yeah. know what it's like to, to, to play in between those white lines in, in front of Jordan Hare on a Saturday. And uh, especially when guys come in. Uh, so, you know, I, I think both of them are going to do really well. And it's not to say who you, you never know what happens in the future, but you know, like I said, I, I think both of them are gonna be really well at what they decide to do. Clearly, I mean they've they've made an impact even when the odds were against you and when a program was really heading downward. I understood the confusion and people hitting the panic button a little bit. This also, you know, everything happening at the same time always heightens people's sensitivity. And it did kind of feel like between a lot of coaching changes and a lot of transfer portal news. I mean, we've had, I believe, 14 total guys enter the portal thus far. It just seemed like every time you were opening your phone or your news or whatever, there was something negative coming out about Auburn. And it, it just felt like, Oh no, like are, are we in a worse situation than we thought? And after the bowl game, no one felt great. No one feels like this thing is on really solid ground. So then to see all of these departures, including a guy that you felt was kind of the backbone was unnerving. And so I think that's ultimately what, what caused some of the frenzy, but look, <clears throat> the reality is this program ain't where it needs to be. And I don't believe it's where coach freeze. It wants it to be, or sees the potential of it being. And at the end of the day, we all do have to grant whoever is in that seat the opportunity to do it their way. Another hire was announced today. Um, personnel director Will Redmond from LSU, which apparently is um, a, a, a positive addition internally. I, I don't know a ton about it. Derek Nix has been hired as the OC. Charles Kelly returns to his alma mater as co-defensive coordinator, still looking for another one. I've seen rumors about DJ Durkin from Texas A&M. Let me ask you the question. You're going to be like, Taylor. But I'm going to ask you because I keep getting asked this question as if I freaking know anything. All, as all of this has been happening, staff on the heels of the bowl game, transfers, everything that you know right now, are you concerned I would say no, because at the end of the day, athletes are the ones that, you know, you can win championships. Coaches are a pivotal part of it because coaches have to get everything aligned. Coaches have to, you know, like make sure the guys are doing what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it. And uh, sometimes it's being super tough on them. But at the end of the day, it's how your group of guys rally together within that locker room. And right. I always say a team that wins a championship has to be the players coming together 
And if you always wait for a coach to always have to push you or get you to do something to come together, then you're behind. I think the the signing class, Taylor, it what gives you confidence about the program. Okay. Is you look at this signing class, by the time it's done in February, it's going to be a top five signing class. And Amarius Williams, I think, was just granted a five-star uh, two days ago. You know, he was listed as a four-star when he signed in December, but he's just granted his five-star. So I think there's so much talent within this group compared with the class he signed last year. That was a top 12 class. But then you add this class in, like, this is a game-changing class. And okay. you pair that with the Kildra fault of last year and Kyan Lee, those guys from last year, like, that's really, really solid talent. And now you just signed the highest receiver class in the history of your school now everyone's saying who's throwing to these young guys yes, you, have <laughs> you knew i was gonna say it yeah you have walker white you know who's uh considered a top 10 uh quarterback as well coming out of high school yeah. so all these guys are in the same class and let's not forget hank brown had a really good showing in the bowl game uh mm -hmm. in, the, in the fourth quarter the ball was just spinning off his hands you know he looked like he was in command now, I know everyone's asking, like, okay, so where does Peyton Thorne fit into this situation? You know, that's still yet. I think Peyton has a lot to prove. I don't think he's granted the, the right to just to say he's committed as the starter. Uh, nope. I honestly don't. I think he needs to work extremely hard if that's something he wants to pursue. I, mean, I know it's something he wants to pursue, but if that's something he wants to put a stamp on, right. it's going to have to show, not just, in, uh, not just in practice, but and just how you handle yourself and handle your teammates, um, you know, being around your teammates. And then once you do get to practice, the command you have with the offense, but being confident enough for those guys when they look at you to look at you as their leader, you know, and look at someone that, you know, they, they feel like can get the job done. So there's a lot of questions surrounding this team in the spring, uh, a lot of good questions. But I think with this signing class, though, and the depth that they got in the defensive line, uh, in a transfer portal, you know, getting the kids from Texas, Gage Keys, you know, uh, uh, other guys, you know, it's been a ton of them, you know, that they picked up even in high school. Some of these high school guys are big time players. Now we're going to have to count on them immediately and yeah. everything gain experience, but the talent that they're bringing in, I think it gives you a lot of confidence and a lot of hope. It's almost similar to what Bruce Pearl is doing in basketball. He's yeah. bringing in a lot of talent and everything and you seeing that Auburn's winning off that talent and yeah. uh and so hopefully football gets in that same trend where it gets that type of talent where these guys be it's one thing to get talent but it's another thing to piece it all together yeah and like you said they have to contribute early and that hasn't necessarily been what we see across college football as much anymore because of the transfer portal I mean Ole Miss and Ohio State are building like mega teams right now through the transfer portal. If I'm a freshman, I don't really expect to contribute at programs like that, at least right out the gate. If I'm a highly touted high school kid right now, I know that I could literally make a splash and get my name out there quickly at a program like Auburn. And so I think that they we've seen they have put more of an emphasis on recruiting as of late as opposed to some of these teams that are going balls to the walls on the transfer portal. Um, but I agree with you. I think that at the end of the day, Auburn is still Auburn and we're still in a really good situation. I think it just, it's understandable for fans to start going, Oh no, when so much transpired at the same time. And 
we don't really know a lot of the direction, a lot of the intention, a lot of the the long-term plan. We just see little steps in action and feel like we don't know the whole puzzle because we don't. Um, but as far as the transfer portal uh, developments, Donovan Kaufman entered the portal. That one disappointed me. I, I I didn't really expect that one. So did Cam Riley. We did get Dorian Maui from Duke, who I have covered before, and he's great. So that's that's an addition that everyone should feel really good about. Um, we had reported that Brian Batie had entered the portal. He has since withdrawn from the portal and is still on the team. Jarquez Hunter has announced his plan to return, so that running back room is stacked. Um, we have also gained Percy Lewis, an offensive lineman from Mississippi State. He's expected to slide in at left tackle. That's a big get. Like you mentioned, Gage Keys from Kansas and Trill Carter from Texas, both defensive linemen. If your name is Trill, like you're just destined <laughs> to be a good athlete. Like <laughs> Trill. Right. Um we have also gotten cornerback Antonio Kite from Alabama. That was a big get as well. So we have lost 14 to the portal. We have gained nine. And like you said, a recruiting class that certainly is historic in the landscape of Auburn football. So from a player personnel perspective, you do maintain that positivity and that hope. I think it just left everyone wondering where the heck are we going and what's driving us or who's driving us there, I guess, is the more appropriate question. Yeah, you made a lot of great points, uh, Taylor. Uh, we're talking about, you know, just Auburn as an overall. Mm -hmm. uh, just give people a little bit of insight is, you know, Coach Crime that was supposed to go to Texas A&M has now come back to Auburn. Yep. Uh, you know, having him back, uh, I think is huge for those young guys. He's a veteran guy. Coach Kelly, uh, everyone remember he was on the staff with Coach Saban. Uh, recruiting a lot of those big time guys that played on under saving at Alabama when he was winning those a lot of games. Yeah. And uh, he, he went to Auburn. So, you know, he's back as well. But he was also with Dion last year as his defensive coordinator. So having him at Auburn as the co defensive coordinator. And that's why you see some of the Alabama guys coming over, transferring to Auburn because he had something to do with them uh, going to Bama. So uh, he's a heck of a recruiter, uh, one of the top recruiters in the nation. Um, I think he's going to do exceptional uh, in that department for us. Um, when you think about Derrick Nix, uh, a lot of people don't know this. Derrick Nix played at Southern Miss, um, you know, was supposed to play at the next level. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, having some 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 uh, things health-wise go against him, and, and that kind of drove him into coaching. And then he's been at the Ole Miss, I want to say, for the last 16 years. Um, he's been there, so he's um, so he knows his way around the SEC. He knows about the SEC. Um, so I think with him being the offensive coordinator, uh, I think reason freeze went that direction with him at the offensive coordinator is because Derek was with him when he was at Ole Miss. So if he's gonna go back to play calling, then he needs someone that understands that hey, the head coach is gonna call the plays, yeah. but you need someone that's gonna be in that room on a day to day basis off in meetings or he's on the phone or having to do something else that knows exactly what he wants to do from an offensive standpoint yeah, game plan. Coach, right exactly so you know coach montgomery was was a head coach at tussle at tussle but he was an offense coordinator at baylor but when you become a head coach for a while i'm not sure if he was calling plays there or not it's all about having that right chemistry mm -hmm. and you know and it doesn't mean a coach is a bad coach or not a good coach i think 
at some point you have to make that decision, especially at those two positions, the offense coordinator and defense coordinator position. It has to be chemistry there. Yeah. And it has to be understanding. So I think Derek Nitz being the offensive coordinator is a good hire because he understands what Coach Freeze wants to do offensive, offensively and, and everything. Good point. Uh, defensively, I think the defense coordinator is probably going to come from the NFL. I think that's why you mm-hmm. probably haven't seen one get announced just yet. Um, I, I'm thinking that it's probably at the next level and it's someone that's probably okay. still in the playoffs uh, that they probably want to pull um, and everything and get some interviews. So, you know, inter- it'd be an interesting next 10 days to see what happens with the defensive coordinator position as the, uh, as the other co-defense co- coordinator. So, so with all that being said, a lot of these guys is brought in, has a lot of ton of experience and, and everything. Uh, let me ask you a question. Why, why did they set out to have co-defensive coordinators if we don't even know who both are? That's what I'm saying. So it has to be somebody that already knows Coach Kelly, right? So Coach Kelly runs a certain style of defense. So whoever the head defense coordinator is, is going to have to be someone that they already have in place or know about because you have to have those two guys have to run similar systems. Right. You know? right? Like so, who would accept that unknowing? Like, right. I don't know. It has- it's kind of a weird thing to set up if you don't already hire them together. Yeah, because one may be in waiting. You know, where Colorado yeah. season over with, and that's why I say, who's playing right now? The NFL. Yeah. NFL is the only one still playing. So it just kind of lets me know it got to be someone within the NFL because otherwise it'll already be announced. Uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of like Kirby Smart at, at at Georgia. Him and Muschamp was all together, you know, on that staff or saving staff before. So Kirby is the head coach at Georgia, and typically he he calls the defense sometimes. But who did he promote as his as his uh, coordinator? Muschamp. Yeah. You know, Muschamp the year before was the co defense coordinator to the Oregon's head coach when he was there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so all of that stuff just goes in place where all of them has to be speaking the same language and coming from that same tree. So that's why yeah. it's you know, got to be someone within the same tree that uh coach kelly come from very interesting well yes a a lot more to be known and to come for this team and i think everyone has to be receptive to change because clearly we did not put a product out there this year that makes anyone feel like we can't let go of what we've been doing like nah, there's (laughs) there's room to change because we kind of have to so uh speaking of change The college football world, truthfully, will never be the same uh, as the earth-shattering news came out after uh, the college football playoff that Nick Saban has officially retired. Uh, Alabama has hired Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer, which I happen to think is a fantastic hire. I really, really like him. What was your reaction to the Saban news? There were rumblings that it was going to happen, but then the way that that game went down and how close they were and overtime, like, is that really going to be how he goes out? So it, uh, it certainly seemed within the realm of possibility and he decided that it was time. He actually has spoken very candidly about how his age started to become a factor. And I really appreciated that honesty from him because this world of college football is tough and it is grueling and it's almost unrealistic. The hours and the 
the pace at which everyone's having to operate. And he said doing this at 72 feels much different than it did at 62. And so for him to see that and, you know, he's still got that in him. He wants to compete and win and he knows he's capable, but is it what's best anymore? And ultimately he didn't think it was. Yeah, Taylor, you make a great because the thing about Coach Saban is everyone knows he's probably the greatest of all time. All time. And it always makes me wonder why is Coach Belichick still trying to coach? You know, yeah. But I know that Pete well, Carroll is maybe interested in coaching too. So I guess once you got that inside of you, <laughs> it's hard to get out. But yeah. when I thought about Coach Saban making that decision. It's like he said, if you ever start thinking about retirement, you're retiring. Yeah. And, you know, the moment that it just creeps in, you know, it's probably time for you to make that move. And I think after the SEC championship game, I don't think he knew. I, I really don't. I think once he won the SEC championship and got to the playoffs, and then I think he had a couple of days to probably sit down and try to talk it over with his wife and see which direction they want to move forward in. Yeah. And I think ultimately it did come down to like, hey, you've given football everything you can give it in life. Yeah. What you want to give you know you'd accomplish everything that you can accomplish as a coach like you made impact on kids in big ways you yeah. made some true by giving these kids a platform that played under you like what else like it's time to give your family not your football family but your other family yeah. time. like give them some years some of your best years that still left in you mm -hmm. don't give floppy seconds you know like yeah uh, say that like you know when you're at, when you're a coach you're more closer to the your your players and everybody in that in that field house than you are your family your sometimes family. You way more time with them so at some point you do need to cut the time off and say hey i've done this i've given this it's time for me to take care of the ones that i know is beside me each and every day at home that i don't give a chance to give the time to and yeah. everything's about making more money saban's made a lot of money Great you know, like, no matter how much money they offer him, he's not going to take the job. Like he's no. made enough. He has enough investments in different things. So I, I, I definitely think him making that decision, it came at a time where he didn't want it to be a distraction to the players. But immediately when he made that decision, all of a sudden, all the transfer portal guys just started just hitting the portal, hitting the portal. And you heard some guys come out and say, well, I only came to Bama to play for safety. coached by him. Yeah by him and it's not i can't be coached by him i don't want to i don't i want to go somewhere else and that's sure. why you've seen a lot of guys hit the portal i thought the hire to get uh coach from washington was a good hire uh, but but you hear a lot of noise from the bama fan base that it's not a good hire and I'm who just would like, they have been happy with though jay right, that's what i'm saying like no one that was a big shoes to follow yes. following Belichick, following nick saban you know, following Phil Jackson, following, you know, all these legend coaches, it doesn't matter who comes in, but immediately when the guy comes in, they're already finding reasons to say he's not the right guy. I'm just like, what do you mean? Oh he's an guy. He has a ton of guys going to the draft this year. He just played in a national championship game. Yes. I like <laughs> in two years. He was at Washington for two years. And also, the resources at Washington, I mean, they're no slouch, don't get me wrong, but he's coming into a much better situation at Alabama, but also just in the SEC. So give this man an opportunity. And here's the thing. They needed to just be grateful because when I heard this, I started going, what is the argument for any established coach to want this job? Because 
it doesn't matter what success you've done that has now gotten you in the running for this job. That goes out the window because now all you are is the guy that followed Saban. You're going to be compared to him. What? First of all, they didn't want Dabo. I get it. They were chanting anyone but Dabo as soon as the news broke. But why would Dabo want that job? Why would Kirby want that job? Why would Sark want that job? Dan Lanning came out immediately and said, I'm not going anywhere. Why would he want that when he's building his own thing at Oregon? All of these guys that are deemed good enough to be in the running for the Alabama job don't want that because now I can't be Dan Lanning. I'm going to be the guy that failed to duplicate what Saban did. So you're lucky that you got a guy that was on the national championship stage that wants to come and take this right now because there was a huge risk for any established coach to come in and take this job right now. You're exactly right from a standpoint of to take that job for him was a huge risk because he had everything going in Washington. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, Coaches want to be in bigger conferences as well. And yeah. he feels like there you always want to feel like you're climbing. And I think yeah. he feels like me getting to the SEC, when will another opportunity come around where he gets a chance to coach at one of the predominant uh, college football programs of all time yes. and, and be a head coach there? That's just an opportunity that he probably don't want to pass up. And he knows that he's going to deal with some noise. He knows he's going to deal with – with critics saying it's the first time he loses a game because everything he does, they don't compare it to who coach Saban, which is not fair, you know, yeah. like, but that's what they're going to do because it's human nature is compare someone to the, the last person that just left. But right. I just think that, uh, you know, I think he's a, he's a really solid guy from what I hear. I do too. Uh, he's going to be great for the conference. Uh, you know, they beat a really good Texas team. That's going to be in the sec this year. Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. But this is going to be interesting. You you mentioned about college football landscape changing. That was the last of the four in the playoffs. Yeah. Now, colleges are going to have a home playoff game on their own uh, campus. I Imagine that. I've been to NFL playoff games, you know, and been part of them. But <laughs> in, on, in college, you imagine an Iron Bowl. But now hype it up again because now it's win or go home, you know. Like, and it's on. Those your are going to be so insane. Yeah, like it's gone. So there are some fun facts to to being extended. I don't necessarily agree that had to be twelve, but yeah, at least it's being extended. But you're right, Coach Norvell and those coaches wasn't going to Bama. They wasn't leaving their prominent programs to go and be behind. Uh, you know, what Coach Saban has done there. You know, people are freaking out because the transfer portal is receiving a lot of Alabama guys. And and you kind of expect that when the legend no longer is there. This isn't just any old coach moving on. This is the best to ever do it. Like any player that was at Alabama for four years during his tenure won a national championship. Like the, who can freaking say that? This man is unmatched, okay? So that's going to be the ripple effect. And Kaylin DeBoer said, we were in the same situation when we started at Washington. Like, it's going to be okay. He's totally, like, he knows what he's up against. He knows what he's dealing with. And they made great use of their resources, of the transfer portal, in a very short amount of time at Washington. If I'm Alabama, 
I'm feeling great about this hire, but you know, they're, they're all in mourning. The thing about Alabama is what people have to understand a lot of kids, which you probably won't have a top two to three recruiting class in the next couple of years, mm-hmm. because you have to understand a lot of kids was going to Bama because of who coach Saban, you know? So now that he's not there, a lot of coaches across the SEC looks at that as a level playing field now. Oh, now yeah. A juggernaut over there in Georgia that you got to compete with in Kirby that has every position lined up five star to five star, which, you know, that's why he, he doesn't matter. They've had a ton of guys going to portal. Nobody really talks about it because yeah. it seemed like they just reload. So I think Auburn has to get to the point where with their own, the, on the, on the trend, of putting together really two solid classes, you know, last year's class and then this year's class. And then in 2025 class is shaping up to be really, really good. So mm-hmm. if you put three great classes together, now you stacked up players. Yeah. So now you go out and you compete against these, the, the teams that have been dominant for the last three to four years. And now you give yourself an opportunity to compete and level the playing field. And so I think it's going to be very interesting now because no one's looking at their schedule and, and circling Alabama. It's like, okay, this is the team you got to beat for the West. You know, now teams are looking at, well, there's no East to West anymore. So no. there's two teams that's going to go to the SEC championship based off the best record at the yeah. end of the year. So, you know. But that will also include Oklahoma and Texas now. Right. We'll include Oklahoma and Texas. And then also Ole Miss supposed to be good next year. Missouri is supposed to be good next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky has some guys coming back, supposed to be solid. Um, so, so from a standpoint, you still can't count out Bama. They'll still be up yeah. there because, you know, the coach and some of the players, they're going to pick up. So you ask yourself, where does Auburn look to be at in 2024? Yeah. You know, I think the fact that you have your first five home games at home is huge. I think that's something we have to take advantage of in order to be in a conversation come November to be able to represent or even contend to, to win the West and be in, I mean, well, I can't say West anymore. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very different. And I think that's why, like, you know, coach Saban saw the writing on the wall. If I'm already feeling like I'm, I'm struggling to keep up and I know what's about to happen and the, the change that's about to ensue, now is as good of time as any to bow out. He's a legend for a reason, and he deserves a lot of respect from college football fans. Yes, that even includes Auburn. And I say this to uh, let's not forget the game is changing so much and so fast. Yeah. If you're so saving, you're 72 years old. You don't want to deal with the stress of not knowing what your team's going to look like year in and year out because of the transfer portal rules. Now you can transfer twice, and then you also can get a graduate transfer. So technically, you can graduate and transfer three times. And yeah. to not, to not, he's all about building a program, and a lot of coaches are all about building program. You're going to start seeing probably a lot of solid coaches either aim to jump to the NFL. I think Coach Harbaugh is the next one to jump to the NFL. Now, yes. I think he has nothing else to prove in college. He's no. brought in a championship, and I think he probably feels like, hey, now it's the time for me to get to the NFL. Why? I don't constantly have to continue to recruit the kids that I already have. And then I'm out trying to recruit the new kids, the high school yep. kids. And on top of that, I got to go in the portal and try to recruit kids to come here in the portal. So It's easier in the NFL right now, which is insane. In 
And I, I and a lot of guys, I think, are trending towards that direction. Now, what's going to keep a lot of guys in college is they're paying these high salaries for head coaches. I, I think, you know, that's what's going to have to happen in order for some of these guys to stay. But you are losing two pivotal coaches this year. And if anyone tells me that all this transfer stuff and NIL and, and everything doesn't have an effect on them, it's lying because yep. it does have an effect on them because there's no off season anymore. No. Nope. It is uh it is very unrealistic. And you and I spoke about that a few weeks ago. Um, and we were saying that we fully expect some legendary coaches to bow out maybe a little sooner than they anticipated because of what the landscape is requesting of them right now. And here you go. Proof's in the pudding. Nonetheless, speaking of the NFL, the divisional championship round this weekend, setting up the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, we have Chiefs versus Ravens for the AFC, Lions versus 49ers for the NFC. Who you got, Jay? Well, every time Josh Allen loses to a team in the playoffs, they lose the next week. So I just... Defense wins championships, so I got to go with the Ravens. Their defense has been outstanding all year. I think this is going to be a juggernaut heavyweight fight between Kansas City and uh, Baltimore. I'm excited to see what happens in this one. Same. Okay, what about Lions 49ers? Ooh, this is an interesting one. Ah, man, Debo Samuels can't go. I'm leaning towards Detroit. But I'm just leaning towards Detroit anyways because I saw what Green Bay did last week. Green Bay – Put away, San Francisco did not beat Green Bay. Green Bay gave the game away in the That's fourth true. quarter. And uh, so I just think if the Lions continue to play with their heart, this would be their first time going to the Super Bowl. It's always the first for everything. I think this is the year of the Lions to get to the Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. They feel like that team of destiny. They feel like Washington felt for college football, you know, like can they get to the big dance uh, when all odds were against them and and they really didn't have a lot of people picking them to do it. And also, we've all seen the speculation about the logo. And I'm just really curious if that's going to actually be kind of proven this year. That would be so weird, uh, which would be Niners, Ravens. Also, basketball plays tonight, a big one against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Alabama is second in the SEC, scoring 89.2 points per game. We are right on their heels, 83.7 points per game. Auburn's been a great defensive team, and they're going to need that against Alabama, who loves to shoot beyond the arc. They actually attempt 29 three-point shots per game, so got to be locked in on that. That's going to be a big one and would be a quad one win if uh, we're able to pull that off in T-Town. Sorry to wrap it up, but I am late for a call, so I've got to go. But we appreciate you listeners following along. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so you'll get a notification whenever we spontaneously release an episode because we don't freaking know with our schedules. But we will be back next week, I promise, uh, to break down whatever the heck happens between now and then. And then hopefully we'll have a baby update the week after. So uh, we look forward to all the action to come. Make sure you keep it locked. War Eagle, everyone. Goodbye. Nice. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.